and gentlemen, welcome to a very special Christmas episode of The Devil's Due. Being at Christmas, court is not necessarily in session because, you know, federal holidays and all. My name is Carl Duty. I am your host. With me, as always, is the man who gives the best psychiatric help for five cents, Mr. Drew Celestino. I, it sounds cheap. I should raise my rates. Well, you know, Charlie Brown thing. Oh, oh okay. I, I don't know Peanuts very well. I kind of <laughs> know the characters a little bit, but not... It's Peanuts, right, Charlie Brown? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I know things. I, I'm smart. Uh, <laughs> Happy holidays, sir. Ah, uh, yes. This uh, this is our... Merry everyone. Yes, this is our Christmas episode, more or less. Kind um, of. You can kind of call it a Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope we have, I hope our, our quality level is higher than oh, that. Oh, more, more cheer will be had to be sure uh this is not the last episode we are recording before christmas but this is the last one that will come out before christmas that sounds right yeah so that means that at our next our next taping we'll have to uh avoid discussion of the holiday because it will be post-holiday so yeah kind of future our next taping will still be pre-holiday we have to figure this out actually I don't think we've thought this through yet. No, because look at uh, let me bring up my calendar here. Okay, we're prepared here on the Devil's Day. We are. Look at us. All right. So today is Saturday, the seventeenth. It is. This episode will post uh, Wednesday, December twenty first. If everything goes according to schedule, our next recording will be December twenty third. Oh, okay. All right. And then the episode that episode will post December twenty eighth. Hmm. Maybe maybe we'll just, we'll we'll see. Maybe we'll just go all in on the uh, the holiday next taping and just say, the, throw caution to the wind. The hell with it. But the, but we will not have experienced Christmas at but our next taping. That's okay though. It'll be it'll be the official uh, Christmas party of the Devils do. Okay. <laughs> so I'll this, make some beer nog and this one, oh, throw a no, couple back. No no no. Party it up. I I do not like eggnog. You'll like mine. Uh, does it have the same consistency as regular eggnog? Because that's what gets me. It's not the flavor of eggnog I don't like. It's the feeling of something that has the consistency of snot. No, down no, mine is super creamy, like like really thick uh, chocolate milk. Okay, kind of. All right, trust me, man. All right, I'd never lie to you. That's a lie in and of itself. No, it's not. What are you talking about? Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> oh my god! Seeing as it's Bus the, just uh, ran me over. <laughs> Seeing as it's the 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 Star Wars holiday special, doing things a little different. I have a present for you, sir. You already gave me one. No, no. This is like this is this is your this this is your present. This is the on air present. Yeah, this is the on air present. Man, You're love it. There you go. Knock yourself out. It's why does it have Justin Bieber wrapping paper? <laughs> because I know you're a believer. You're a oh god. I'm. This is terrible. You're ruining the you're ruining the, the spirit of things, man. No, I'm not. I'm giving you something I know you're going to enjoy. It, it there's several labels on it. Well, the labels had to cover up the window of the envelope. Okay, can I throw this Bieber paper away? Uh, if you want, I'm not going to like frame it or anything. It might have collector <laughs> value. Uh, I don't want to know who's in the market for that. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Oh my god, you. Is this what I think it is? Are these photographs of you as a child with all of your toys? <laughs> you so oh my god. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Per- permission to swear granted. <laughs> I, I want to so badly. 
All right, let's see what we got here. Okay, so it looks like we have a Hoth playset. We've got see this is this is the GI Joe plane uh, I, I had. Yeah, I thought you. What is that one? That's the, I don't know. I had that. What the forward facing wings? I had that one. Yeah. Oh look, wrestling figures. Rowdy Roddy Piper. I'm not sure who that guy is in Sergeant Slaughter. No, 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 no. It's Rowdy Roddy Piper, Ricky Dragon Steamboat, Ricky Steamboat, and Corporal Kirshner. Oh God, I don't even know who that is, and I'm a wrestling fan. Looks like you got yourself a little uh, pump of some kind here. What is that? Which what is this one? Uh, look at the the stuff the lower. I, yeah, I can't make it out. That was the uh, Star Wars micro collection oh. I told you about. Oh, another GI Joe vehicle, Dinobots, a, a a monkey of some kind, Donkey Kong. That's Donkey Kong. Yes. It is Donkey Kong. Oh man. See, you were a Nintendo nerd, too. Don't deny it. Never said it wasn't. Incredible Hulk underoos. Yep. He's not in the underoos, but he's unwrapping the underoos. Not to mention, uh, oh, look at that in the foreground, in, in, the sh- in the shot. There's the Star Wars Death Star box. <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this is this is this this you uh oh look an atat yeah an at at if you will yep i don't know what the proper terminology is race tracks and oh you these are these are going on my fridge <laughs> <laughs> thank you sir thank you so much <laughs> I looked, I looked. I'm going to go ask my mother for pictures of me disappointed on Christmas morning and share it with you. <laughs> I looked high and low for pictures of me playing with the, the flag, but apparently the flag was not favored enough to deem photo worthy. Again, had it, didn't even like it. Meanwhile, the rest of us are like, ugh, never mind. Never mind. That's great. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. I thought you like that. I appreciate that. Where's uh, where's my gift? Uh, I am the gift. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard! Uh, I, I'm not done shopping, dude. This, uh, to, to be honest with you, it has not even registered to me in uh, that it is Christmas time. Christmas it's so weird. I I think it's I, I attribute it to me getting older. I just don't realize yeah. what day it is anymore. Yeah. I just attribute that to mandatory overtime, but that yeah, too. That's... But at least you're on top of the holidays. Yeah, so. that's true. That being said, sir, how was your week? Um, good. So I gotta get this out of the way. If I sound flustered or anything today, I gotta tell you, I'm feeling real weird today, and I attribute it to uh, an empty stomach. I didn't eat anything yesterday after like uh, two o'clock in the afternoon, two thirty, mm-hmm. and um, uh. Played a show with uh, The Long Cold Dark, and it was great, and uh, had a few beers and an empty stomach, and they hit me kind of hard and fast, and I didn't expect that. So, went to bed, when I got home, and uh, woke up this morning, and the first thing I have to do in the morning is I have to take my thyroid medicine on an empty stomach. It's like, you gotta do it every day. So, <clears throat> the thyroid medicine, I usually doesn't have an effect on me at all. Yeah. Um... But for whatever reason today, the thyroid medicine plus two cups of coffee, I'm like... You're a little shaky. I'm shaking right now. You're, you're I don't little... get this way normally, but I'm 
friggin' jittery. You want to, <laughs> so, like, go have a Snickers or something? No. normal? No, we I thought can, you said... We can wait. I thought you said you want to go have a cigarette. I'm like, that might help, but... Yeah, I'm, uh... I'm... I'm you gonna yeah, be all right? You gonna uh, make it through the show? Yeah, I'll make mm-hmm. it, but it's, uh... Man, it's, it's funky. I'll tell you that. So, anyway... Mm-hmm. Uh, the week was fine, uneventful, um, and that's and that's a good thing. So, not not a lot of consequence has occurred this week. Cool. So that's how, oh uh, well, one thing of consequence happened yesterday. Yes, which, which, which is which is, is going to bring us the bulk to the, of the show. Yes, that's correct. Spoiler alert: there will be no Luke Cage discussion today. Yeah. And spoiler alert: there will be spoilers. Oh yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of spoilers. How about you? Week mandatory overtime. Sounds mandatory like it's overtime, a bummer. Only three day work week this week because i had thursday and friday off there you go took them off for my birthday it was your birthday it was i'm now 39 oh chin up son so old (laughs) so old you're young at heart yeah yeah so uh (laughs) means nothing to me so thursday i well, no. Uh, Monday, I brought in my my holiday decorations for my desk place of work, which consists of a a Charlie Brown Christmas tree, a little bobblehead of Darth Vader with a Santa cape on and a Santa hat on, holding a present. It's adorable. The, the present is, a, is is he chokes you? <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. Yeah. We'll get there. Um, and then a holiday Groot. Funko Pop. See, that's festive. That uh, my wife got me last Christmas. And so I brought that in. I brought my mom made a plate of cookies for the team at work. So I brought that in. <laughs> we also benefited from mom's cookies. Yeah, mom does a lot of cookies. That's okay. We're, we're enjoying like them. Well so. over a thousand. That's madness. Cookies. Yeah. Uh, so that was that pretty much uh, was the work short week, as it were. Um. Thursday was my actual birthday, so I spent the bulk of the day shopping for uh, Julie for her Christmas presents. No spoilers now. On my birthday, I shopped for Julie. That's that's, that's, that's that's the quality husband I am. That's what I was going to say. Um, yeah, and then yesterday we went and saw a particular movie. And then she took me out for birthday dinner at Eastern Pearl, my favorite Chinese place. All right. They have the best General So's chicken. It's tasty and crunchy and just... I shouldn't say crunchy. I should say crispy. Sure. Where is this location? It's on Maple. Remember where the old Time Warner offices are? That little strip? I don't. Um, It's on Maple. Okay. It's fantastic. All right. So, yeah. And that was, we got home. Yeah. It was also the wife's birthday. I took her out to uh, Black Sheep on Connecticut Street. Yes. It was Jen's, Jen's birthday was the 13th. 13th. And Alan's birthday is coming up soon. Oh, boy. Too, isn't it? Um, Alan's mad that I don't know when his birthday is. But I, I rely on Facebook for birthdays. So, <laughs> like, much like everyone else, I don't know phone numbers and I don't know birthdays. My phone takes care of all that for me now. Yeah, I only know one person's phone number, and surprisingly enough, it's not Julie. I know my grandmother's phone number, and that's all, because <laughs> I've been yeah. dialing it since I was three. Let's let's see if let's, let's see if Facebook will cue us to when Alan's birthday is. Uh, it's tomorrow. Ah, 
Wait. Mm. No. What's the day today? The 17th. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Happy birthday, Alan. By the time you hear this, it will be your birthday. It will by, have passed. By the time you hear your birthday, it will be long over and no one will care. We, we, we care. We do care. We care. We do. We love Alan. Oh. So yeah, that was a week. Relatively uneventful. Um, I think we'll kind of change the order here a little bit. Mix it up, sir. Since we have very little, if any, news to discuss. Really, all we got that I can think of is they announced that they're going to do a Gotham City Sirens film. We'll fast forward to the end of that discussion. Carl is optimistic. Drew doesn't care. Is there a, what? No, what? I, I, what is wrong with that? That's exactly what a five, 10 minute conversation would end up being. I might have thoughts about it. Go ahead. Shoot your thought about it. Uh, I would be shocked if it actually happens. I would be somewhat shocked too. I, I, that, I, and unfortunately that's my, that's my reaction to every DC film announcement. Like I will be shocked if it actually happens. Well, I think it's safe to say that like wonder woman, Aquaman, just, well, League we know happen. those are happening, Yeah, but like the spinoff of of Suicide Squad, like really, okay. I heard that they're gonna make a, a potential uh, uh, Deadshot spinoff as well, possibly. Well, you know, if you got Will Smith, that's yeah, somewhat bankable. Eh, we'll see. I don't know. I'm very cynical about all that. So, yeah, I let know. me know when Harley Quinn gets an actual costume and they don't, you know, rely on teenage boys to go see the movie. <laughs> Because of booty shorts, because that's Harley Quinn that I grew up with. Um, Thanks, Warners. And on my birthday, Nintendo gave me a little gift. They oh, gave, me, gave us a Super Mario Run. Came How is Super Mario Run? It's it's a a, Mar- a side scrolling Mario game. The only thing that's different from this than <clears throat> excuse me, different from this than from say a console game is that you don't control Mario's walking. He's always running, right? He's always running. Hence the name. Yes. <clears throat> and you just control his jumping. Okay. Heard it's good. I would it's know fun. it's only I'll on let, iPhone and I wouldn't buy let, a mobile game anyway. So I'll let you take a test drive after okay. after we get done recording. Fair enough. Yep. Um yeah that's kinda that's kinda neat. That that's a thing and it's out there. Yep. Um Apparently, uh, Nintendo sold like 200,000 of those uh, mini NESs uh, in the month of November. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know They what? would have there's... sold more if they could have supplied them, but apparently there... that's a problem. So There's there's something we could talk about. Two things, actually. Uh, first, I saw a news article. I'm not sure if it's true or not that the mini NES has sold more in like yes. four weeks than the Wii U sold in six months. That's correct. It's uh, not. What are you gonna do, man? They stop. They stop making games for the Wii U. So yeah. what's the draw? You know, so I, that, I, that's unfortunate. But and also there was that thing I sent to you and Alan yesterday mm-hmm. that SNK former ah. developers from SNK of King of Fighters fame, of King of Fighters and Samurai Showdown are making a new fighting game called Unholy Knight. Okay, IGHT for not the PlayStation Four, not the xbox one not for steam but it's going to be a cartridge for the super nintendo um okay sure that's kind of cool i'm fine with that and it's going to get like a full-blown physical physical release and everything are you going to purchase it um i'd have to play it first i don't know i don't really think they're going to send out demo cartridges probably not uh so i guess that's a that's a risky buy i guess um i don't know it's just Good pedigree. Definitely good pedigree. Um, 
I don't it's, know. It's not like the marketplace is swamped with new Super Nintendo games. No, but it should be if you really think about it. It should be. I, I, you'd probably be surprised to hear that. I think that pound for pound, the Super NES is probably the all-time best console. Console. I, I, I think you know that I feel that way. <laughs> uh, it definitely had all the heavy hitters. Um, pound for, like you said, pound for pound game for game it, it's yeah. it's library is like unrivaled it's insane but uh ironically enough i'm playing a uh, legend of zelda link to the past uh, on super nintendo right yep. now so i'm at the i'm i'm at turtle rock right now and it's the seventh dungeon for those who don't know on the dark mm-hmm. world and uh i've gone this far and I, it's funny because i've i've really taken uh i'm really doing my due, due diligence this time around and i'm trying to get every single heart piece in the game and for whatever reason i have more heart pieces than i've ever had in uh in in my years of playing this game this time which is you know weird but yeah i'm okay with that ironically though in doing so i have forgotten uh to get the fourth bottle and the uh tempered sword which is the third sword upgrade and I'm this late in the game, and I ha- I don't have those things yet, and it's kind of like, I'm going to go get them now, because I remembered that I have to get them. But it's like, well, it's a little late now. I mean, I'm already near the end here. That kind of, that, that's a video game uh, thing that bugs me. And it's not, the, it's not Zelda's fault, necessarily, because I didn't explore enough to find those things. Yeah. But uh, some games that do that, where they give you, like, your, you get your final upgrade, or you get your full power thing at the very, 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 very end of the game. To me, that's kind of cheap. Like, if I get this really sweet, powerful upgrade, I'd like some time to run around and use it and, like, you know, lay waste and then finish the game, you know, later. Yeah. But when you get, like, the final item in the final dungeon or something like that or or against the final boss and then and then it's over, that's you kind of a bummer. fun with it? Yeah. Sort of like when you choose to get the Ragnarok sword in Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, I never played much... Tactics. You never played Tactics? Sir, I, you are missing out. I know, I know. I know people that love tactics. I never played it. Tactics is fantastic. From the from the heyday of Square. Yes. Um anyway, yeah, little aside about video game design that, right. as I see it. Would it surprise you to hear I've only ever played two Zelda games before? A little bit. Which two? Uh Zelda two. Oh, hard one. Very hard. And uh Wind Waker. Okay. In Wind Waker, I didn't even finish. Oh, that's a shame. The, yeah. the ending is fantastic in that I've game. been thinking of picking up the, the HD remake. Oh, it's beautiful. It's dirt cheap now. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So, yeah, um, that's pretty much it for news. I can't. Yeah, think but I think that's everything. Everyone's else. kind of in a lull until uh, after yep. the holidays. Yep. But not us. Not us. We're here. We continue to produce for you, the listener, because we love you. That being said, batter up. Time for Game 5. Game 5. Of the cross-examination listener questions World Series between Mr. Alan Waiters and Mr. J. Gelsomino. The series is knotted up two games apiece. All right. Now, I just want to put a disclaimer out there because I think some of you may be thinking, oh, it's clearly it's going to go seven because you guys want to drag it out. Not necessarily. No. No. These, these have been legitimate decisions, legitimate contests. And it just happens to be, you know, not a two. Drew thinks it's going to go the whole seven. I think it's going to end in six, Ooh. which makes this game pivotal and makes it a what, Drew? Uh, 
must win. Every yes, every game's a must win. It yes. is the finals. Every game's a must win. Okay, so who let off last week? I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. I think uh, Allen let off last week. Okay. I think. All right. I mean, it doesn't really matter. There's no actually, home ice advantage here, so it's yeah. <laughs> actually now that. Yeah, Alan did lead. Okay, now that I'm looking at the questions, Alan did lead off last week. Hashtag right. show prep. Yep. <laughs> so, yes. from Mr. J. Gelsomino. Yes. Question first, both. Okay. Your podcasting host dies in a tragic autoerotic asphyxi- asphyxiation <laughs> accident. Air quotes. Well, me and accident. David Carradine do have the same initials, so. <laughs> Who would you rather continue with? The problem is the co-host wants to change to their own format and you cannot quit due to lucrative podcasting sponsorship deals with Loot Crate, Harry's, Onnit, and the True Car app. Don't, don't forget uh, uh, me undies. Me undies, Casper mattress. <laughs> By the way, if any of these fine products oh, we'd we'll, like to sponsor the Devil's We Dude. will shill, sir. So yeah, um... These are our options for who you would want to continue on. This is the new podcast you would have to do. This is for both of us? Yes. Okay. So if either you died or I died in a questionable accident. Okay. The, who, the, who would you want to carry on with? All right. A Slice of Life. Kitchen Tips with Orenthal James Simpson. Mmm. Spikes and Sweaters. Tackling the New Age Dating Scene with Bill Cosby. Oh, boy. Huh? Question mark. Contemporary music talk with Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great title. Oh, God. Oh. Business ethics. How to run a successful comedy club with John Lovitz. <laughs> That's a good one. Omni Comics Podcast 2. <gasps> Comics and pop culture talk with Ann Coulter. Oh, God. I'll let you proceed. Oh, there. Well, this is for both of us, though. So, yes. Uh, I, I, Do you want to see the list? I'm gonna have to say, I would like to do the OJ podcast. <laughs> keep keep it Buffalo centric. Sure. <laughs> uh, you gotta figure. He has to do it from prison, so I'm safe. We, you know, he'll Skype in. I don't got to worry about yeah. encounters. Yeah, and not for nothing, but I would imagine he's pretty knowledgeable on the subject matter. Okay, so the man probably knows his way around a knife, <laughs> uh, allegedly. According to a civil court, he does. Yes, that's correct. How about you? I'm going to do the uh, business ethics. How to run a successful comic club with John Lovitz. Have fun with that. Because, you know. Money. Business practices may be questionable, but he's still funny. He's still a funny man. However much a jerk he might be. Yes. Drew. Yeah. You are given the reins to the next G.I. Joe movie. Oh, yes. What I would give. You actually have to keep the continuity from the previous cinematic endeavors. Okay. All right. Where do you go from here? Um. Well, they already did. They already granted my wish and killed off Channing Tatum. So, 
good. Duke is out of there. Did you see a corpse? I didn't see a corpse. <sighs> okay, I'll tell you what. In the opening of my film, you'll see his corpse. His rotting, <laughs> bloated corpse. Um, I'm trying to remember. Do you bring uh, back Dennis Quaid? Yes. Really? Yes. All right. To me, honestly, that's good casting. It wasn't the casting that I had a problem with. Dennis Quaid as as General Hawk is a that's that's solid. He's, he's older. He's grizzled. Kurt Russell. Look, in my perfect world, yeah, Kurt Russell would be Hawk for sure. Um, but I'll take Dennis Quaid. We'll bring him back. Um, did Cobra Commander escape at the end of Retaliation? I think he did, didn't he? Mm, I think so. Okay, so he's still good. He's still out there. Oh, and didn't Destro or Storm Shadow? I don't remember. Destro was not released from prison. Oh, okay. Here's where I'd go. That's good. That's good. Well, I'm going to, for, for one thing, I'm going to take all of the uh, good things about retaliation and double down on them. So more his tanks. Yes. More his tanks. Sky strikers are coming in. More uh, Cobra commander. More Cobra commander. Um, more Zartan. Definitely more Zartan. Oh, didn't they leave it off where he was like the president or something? Or was that the no, first that stupid was the movie? First one. Oh, yeah, okay. Did they pay that off? I don't remember. Yeah, he was the president throughout the second film. That's right. See, I, I don't remember these things. Um, okay, so more realistic, more military, more uh, gritty action, um, more Cobra Commander. Destro, though, has to escape. And we're not going to CGI his stupid mask like they did in the movie we're gonna have a real mask real iron mask i might recast him uh i've i've maintained for a while now that the guy who played top dollar in the crow should definitely be my destro that voice is too good to waste so we're recasting and um dare i say oh i dare tiger force no we're gonna do the cobra civil war and that means we're bringing in serpentor So we're going to need Dr. Mindbender here. We're going to need some kind of scientist. We can do this. And uh, yeah, the Cobra Civil War begins. Serpentor comes in. Your conclusion is going to be, there's going to be sort of a, a, the enemy of my enemy is my friend situation going on where G.I. Joe has to intervene into the Cobra Civil War. And they got to kind of choose a side a little bit. So there's going to be some assistance almost between G.I. Joe and Cobra to take out Serpentor, who's the, the, more evil between Cobra Commander and Serpentor. Serpentor is the more evil. And uh, spoilers, in the end, there will be a final confrontation between Cobra Commander and Serpentor, and Cobra Commander is going to win. Cobra Law? No Cobra Law. Not canon. Cobra La 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 <laughs> Oh, also, well, on, on that note, though, now that you mentioned that, um, I will open the third film with a new rendition of the G.I. Joe, the movie intro song. Because that was legit. Can you open it with a new rendition of the G.I. Joe, the movie opening scene? Exactly. That's exactly what I mean. The whole thing. The Statue of Liberty, the jetpacks, all of that. We're doing that. Cobra. 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 (laughs) Yes. That song was awesome. Will Don Johnson be involved? Sure. Why not? Okay. Why not? Okay. Oh, and uh, Bruce Willis won't be involved. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's my question. Okay. Carl, do you want to watch Wrestle Kingdom 11 with us? We'd love to have you January 4th, 2017. Um, <laughs> sure. Okay. Yes. Good. It's very kind of you, Jay. Yep. Appreciate it. 
that might hurt you in the contest, though. I'm not going to lie. I, I like, it's a good question. And it's courteous. Mm. And it's okay. apropos, because Kenny Omega. Yeah, that's true. You're, you're going to get to witness Kenny's ascension. Hopefully. I, I hope. Okay. On to Mr. Alan Waiters. A-dub. He starts out, happy birthday, Carl. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate it. Happy birthday again to you, too. Birthday boys. Now on to business. Carl and Drew, would you consider yourself a board game aficionado? What is your favorite board game you've played so far? And what game do you wish to play that you haven't? I am not the board game aficionado that Alan Waiters is. No. But I do enjoy playing games with Alan Waiters. Yes. And uh, my favorite game to play? Um, hmm. I don't know. I like a lot of them. We, we have so many. I really enjoy... I do enjoy, as silly as it is and as simple as it is, it's not a, a, a complex game, but King of Tokyo is super fun. The mutations are fun. Yep. Um, you know, rolling dice is always a good time. I like rolling dice. Dice games are fun for me yes, for some reason. Your dice rolling is... <sighs> legendary. Yeah. Legendary. Ooh. You take so freaking long... To roll dice? To roll dice. You gotta make sure you get them a good roll. <sighs> if you just pick them up and drop them down again, your odds of actually getting a good mix are lessened. Okay. Trust me. All right. I do this a lot. True. Uh, but then again, um, Marvel Legendary is also a very fun game. Even, you, even when you're losing, like we do often to Apocalypse. Game I, ha- I would like to play that I have not played? Um, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know, so I, I couldn't really yeah. tell you. Um, I rely on Alan for these things. True. I, oh, you know what? I, I, that's not true. I haven't. I have not played the Ghostbusters game, but I would like hmm. to. Alrighty. Um, I am by no means a board game aficionado. Uh, I'm just kind of getting into it now. Um, Alan and another friend of mine, Adam, are kind of the drug pu- pushers of this. <laughs> just a taste of this particular addiction. Um, but yeah, it's. It's fun. I love I love the renaissance that uh, designer board games are going through. We're not talking about things like Monopoly and shoots and ladders and things like that. No, no, These no, are, no, no. Uh, think like you know, Settlers of Catan. Yep, designer board games. Is that what they are? Designer? I think that's the name for them. I'm not sure. Um, but the favorite one I've played so far, I really, really enjoy Islebound. Okay. Because I've gotten to play it a couple times since that first night we played it. As much as I love board games, learning them is somewhat of a chore, and I'm terrible at explaining them. Yeah. So I think if we give Islebound in our shot, you guys will really enjoy it, because I'm very comfortable with explaining it now. Okay. Um, as far as anything I want to play, uh, pretty much the guy who designed Islebound, uh, Ryan Lockett, is got a bunch of games out, so I'd be willing to play anything he's done. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. That's our combo question. Drew. Yes. JRPGs were top-notch games in the 90s. Yes. To the early 2000s. What do you think contributed to their decline? <clears throat> um, I think what the... Well... Money. <laughs> uh, money. 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 Money and cultural changes happened. So, in the 90s... Uh, I think the generation that grew up playing them, Americans specifically, and well, outside of Japan, I should say, 
so Europe as well. We should probably give a brief explanation as to what a JRPG is for the uninitiated. Um, it's, it's it stands a for Japanese, Japanese role playing game, game, video game. Yeah, um, it's what's called turn based. Usually turn based. Yep. You pick your character, you select the action they're going to do, and then they do it. You know, examples are you know Final Fantasy, Final obviously Fantasy games seven, eight, nine. Um, not so much anymore, but uh, Fantasy Star, Dragon Quest. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I think what happened was you had a, a, a generation that grew up with like the NES, the Atari, the NES, Genesis. It was a small, I mean, compared to today's numbers, um, smaller install bases, but very, very, very rabid and and enthusiastic yeah. fans. Not, I wouldn't say nearly as casual as things are today because you have casual xbox owners casual playstation owners they buy one game a year maybe and that's Mm -hmm. all they really do and the japanese uh aesthetic or the japanese rpg style i guess i think in another thing that's happened is well okay i gotta frame all this let me reset a little bit here so you had a very enthusiastic base that was way into these game consoles that came from Japan. We were very receptive to whatever they were going to put out, and we and generally we gave it the benefit of the doubt. We were a very trusting breed back then, because you kind of had to be, because there were no uh, you know internet to tell you how good or bad a game was. You had to rent it and roll the dice. So the game generally had better be good. Yeah. Um, and the ones that weren't, you know, were legendary for being terrible. But in any case. Um, Another thing that that contributed to that is graphics limitations and sound limitations. So games back then forced you to use your imagination a lot. This is now I'm getting into some like real heady game theory kind of stuff, but I believe this. Uh, as a result of you having to use your imagination and read, uh, it made the games a little more your own. You imagined uh, voices and characteristics, and you had to kind of imagine how things looked if what what they would look like in reality when you had little chibi sprites you know in final fantasy's case they know that they weren't supposed to look like that that's a yeah. representation of what they you know finger quotes really looked like so mm-hmm. you had to kind of you had to engage a little bit so as a result you know you you become more engaged and you are more uh in tune with the game and you i'm not going to say you enjoy it more because of that but i think you kind of do it 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 puts you more into it you get more involved. So, by extension, a lot of the Japanese-ness, this is where the cultural differences come into play, a lot of those cultural differences weren't necessarily overt because you imagined a lot of, your mind filled in the blanks for a lot of things. Yeah. As graphics and sound now are basically limitless, there are no more limitations, and now you're seeing the cultural differences really, really stand out. So Japanese uh, tropes and styles and dialogue and scripts and things like that, the differences between East and West are very apparent, and I think Western audiences are not as receptive to it. It's, it's a, it's, the, the cultural gap is wide, and I think we just don't buy it anymore. So that's my... My own reason for JRPGs kind of being eh nowadays. I, I think they might they might still be great in Japan. Yeah, but their presentation now has kind of left a lot of us cold. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't no, know. I don't think it's I think it's a sound theory. 
Okay. Uh, my question. Sorry to go on a long-winded rant there. No, no. It's a good answer. It's a good question. My question is, who is the greatest? And this question is unfortunately kind of timely. Should I read it to you? If you'd like. Okay. Carl. <clears throat> oh, topical. Yeah. Who is the greatest 80s sitcom dad? <sighs> we just lost Alan Thicke this week. I know. Um, Terrible. Why couldn't they take Robin? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is tough. I'm trying to think, because like, I wasn't huge into... You weren't a TGIF guy? No. Oh. I wasn't. Wow. Sorry. Okay. It's okay. Like, most of the sitcoms I gleamed to were like Night Court and Cheers. Uh, no kids on those shows. Not as much. No. I'm I'm going to have to go with mainly because of his association with uh, the Die Hard films. I'm going to have to go with uh, Mr. Carl Winslow. Carl Winslow's a good dude. He's a, he's a good dad. He, he put up with a lot. Yeah. He, he never shot Urkel. That, no, and that he could goes, have. He had a gun. That goes a long way. I'm going to say Carl Winslow. That's, good. that's a good answer. Good All right. answer. I would, uh, not that it's my question, but yeah, he, that's solid. Danny Tanner? No. He's, he's. Widow? Three kids? Yeah. It's tough, man. It is tough. tough. We, we, we are a deal. The wife and I are currently watching Fuller House. Fuller House, huh? Yeah. How's it's, that working out? It, <laughs> it's, no, it's, you're searching for words. It has some really funny parts where it's totally aware of itself. Okay. And it cracks you up because, like, famously, like, the Olsen twins are not on the show. Yes. They continuously decline. They're, they're too to, busy with billionaires now. And and, and they had a, a Thanksgiving episode, and uh, DJ is, is saying grace and saying that, you know, uh, they hope that next year they can have the whole family together. And there's just a cutaway shot of John Stamos just turns to the camera, looks right at the audience, goes, come, it'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's great and so it's like little moments like that that I really like that. make the that's series clever. so yeah it's it's not if you if you have 90s nostalgia it's not a horrible watch at all okay when can we get the who's the boss reunion going on that's what i want to know hey angela greedy lazy whoa <laughs> i morphed he turned into stallone oh man all right i gotta give it to alan this week Mm. I gotta give it to. I'm sorry. I gotta give it to Alan. I appreciate Jay's invitation. It's very thoughtful, and I I hope to be able to make that event. Although, if I'm giving it to Alan, I'm, that invitation may be rescinded. Oof. Um, but I this is a competition, sir. You got You could attack that invitation onto the end of the after the question. You got to bring, especially now with it tied two two, and this being the vital must win game five. <laughs> you've got to come with your A game. Kindness is not going to get you a W here. Um, so my vote's for Alan. Based on the grounds that you just set up, I guess I would have to give it to Alan. But in my heart, <laughs> in the dark recesses this of my heart. This ain't the Care Bears, Drew. The oh. hard power ain't going to do nothing for you. Fair enough. Yeah, Alan, Alan takes this week. Oh, vital. 
three games to two lead for Mr. Allen Waiters. It's okay. I, I have faith that Jake can, can, can win back-to-back. Well, I think we can safely say now that next week is a must-win <laughs> for both <laughs> Allen and, and Jay. More so for Jay, but yeah, yeah. Yes. Stands on the verge of elimination. Okay. All right, so folks, you if go. you would like to send us any questions, if you'd like to join in on the fun, send us any comments, uh, suggestions for the show, you can do so at the following locations in the internets. You can find us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com. And you can find all these great resources on our website the devil's do podcast.com that being said drew yeah let's talk some star wars let's yeah spoil so, okay the, all right get at, at this point here before we get started spoilers yeah if, if you, you have not seen star wars rogue one Stop listening to this episode <laughs> right now. Or if, if you're you a lifelong Star Wars fan like we are and have affection for this story and these characters, stop listening right now. If you haven't seen the film, go see the film and then pick this episode right Yeah. Because spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah. You have been warned. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers. We're going we're gonna to go all over this so no, no, no uh, stone will be unturned. Well... It depends, but we're going to spoil the hell out of it. So, um, having said that, if you haven't turned this off yet, shame on you. Spoilers. Spoilers. This is the last time we're going to say it. Ah, Star Wars Rogue One. That was terrible. <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> so bad. Don't tease people Slightly like that. better than the Phantom Menace. Oh, my God. Listen to this, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, and I'm the negative one. How'd you really feel, Carl? Oh, God, I loved it. Okay. Loved okay. it. Okay. Don't is... toy with emotions like that. <laughs> Talk about Star Wars, for God's sake. <laughs> it is in the top three Star Wars films conversation. I loved it as well. I have a minor gripe with it. I have one, only one. Well, I have maybe, a couple maybe, little minor gripes. I got gripes a couple minor gripes, but my only uh, one that I want to get out of the way up front Um it could have done a better job in presenting the characters' names. I don't know the name of the blind guy and the guy with the big gun. I refer, I don't know their names. I refer to the blind guy as Chiwetel Ejiofor, because um, that that's close as I can get to actually remembering his name. Or we'll, we'll simply call him Star Wars Daredevil. Maybe we could look it up for the sake of the discussion today. But I don't know. For our show, I think it's best just to call him Star Wars Daredevil. <laughs> Sure, why not? Uh, and, but and we'll for the other guy, we'll just call him Star Wars Cable. Um, also Star Wars Jesse Ventura, maybe. No, Star Wars Cable. Because the gun looked very Liefeldy. But but I thought it was more akin to like you know the chain gun that Star Wars Cable. Star Wars Cable. Okay, fine, fair enough. That's my only gripe. I didn't know their names, and I wish the movie did a better job at uh, telling me their names because they were two of the best characters in the movie. Okay, so. Uh, Star Wars Cable's character's name was uh, Baz Mabius. Baz, okay. And uh, Star Wars Daredevil's name was uh, Trout Inwi. Trout? Chirut. Chirut. C-H-I-R-R-U-T. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's my gripe. These characters' names should have been yeah. uh, either easier or more common 
or at least said a few times in the movie so I know who they were. Yeah, beyond Jin um, and or K2SO. That's, those are the three. That's all I know. Yeah. And I didn't know if Forrest Whitaker was Saul or Saw. Saw. It's Saw. Yep. I thought it was Saul. Yep. I, I, for some reason, I got him and Bob Odenkirk mixed up, I guess. Um, yes, it's great. It's a great movie. It's, yeah. Uh, can really I, awesome. so... If you think that this is going to be a lighthearted affair and a fun for the whole family kind of flick, no, 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 no. <laughs> not really. This a, the, a couple episodes ago, we mentioned that Kathleen Kennedy came out and said, despite the financial success of Rogue One, there will not be a sequel. There will not be a Rogue Two. Well, I wonder why <laughs> that could be. We, we know why because uh, this was a suicide mission and. Everybody's dead. Everybody dies. <laughs> Spoilers. Now, I'm an easy cry. Okay. I've said this numerous times before. It's very easy to tug on my emotional heartstrings and get me to roll some tears at a film. Yeah. I didn't have that in this film. Nor not, I. Not because I didn't enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I love this movie. Yeah. I definitely want to go see it again, but... It wasn't like in Force Awakens when Han was killed. And ah. it, it's a character that I've grown up with my entire life. Sure. A character who has, who has been there for me in the hardest points of my life. I've been able to kind of turn and enter that world, and that character's there. It's not like that because we don't have that history with these characters, and we just don't have enough time to get... There's so much stuff that has to be done in the movie. Yeah. And we don't have the time to really get to know the characters enough to, I don't want to say more in their passing, but it's not like you, once the first character goes down, you kind of get the feeling that everybody's going to go down. I thought it could have went either way. Um, but I guess in the end, no, um, I thought Jen might make it out. Her and Andor might find yep. a way. But then as they walked towards the beach and, and the mushroom cloud was expanding toward them, like, yep. nope, they're not leaving. <laughs> nope. They're done. Um, or maybe Bodhi, because he was on a ship, so he might have been able to escape. Bodhi, but, I, uh, Bodhi I knew from the trailer was going to die. Okay. Because they always that that very sullen shot of him in the trailer. I was like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> All right. He's, he's dead. And you know what? The way, what I really liked... In how they handled the death of these characters, it felt very like end of saving Private Ryan. Okay. Where like Bodhi doesn't have this huge like emotional death scene. No, not a lot of fanfare for some of these deaths. They so just it, happen. Yeah, like a stormtrooper chucked a thermal detonator in the ship. Yep. Boom, that was it. Bodhi's yep. gone. Um, like Chewit and uh, Baze, Blaz. Baz. Baz, Zaz, Blaney, Mataz. They they had kind of more of an emotional departure. Yeah, they uh, their their deaths were handled with some, some uh, a little more depth, uh, a little yeah. more care, I guess. Um, but I feel you. It was it's they were very. This is war. This okay. This movie. This is a war movie. This movie puts the war in Star Wars yes. and more than the others ever did. Yes, and. We get to see in this film that the Rebel Alliance is not the 
cadre of plucky do-gooding heroes. Not necessarily, no. That we have come to know in previous films. No, they're these they are get guys their hands who dirty. make harsh wartime decisions. Yep. That cost lives and decisions they regret as people. Andor specifically, yes, dude. Andor, in the beginning, he you, shot his friend. You get to know right away that you. This is not a likable person. This not is a person who no. is doing what he feels is necessary for the alliance. Yep. Whatever and it takes to, to, for the rebellion to succeed. Does, not only does he shoot an ally, he shoots him in the back. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and then at the end, the band that kind of goes to Scarf. Is like Andor said, there are people who've made those tough decisions and like harsh decisions to yeah. do harsh things. Uh, yeah, it should be noted that the Rogue One mission was not a rebel uh, um, approved mission. Yeah. They took it upon themselves to go and steal the Death Star plan. This, this is the mission that you can almost say unites the Alliance. Yes. Because as we see throughout this film, they're kind of fractured. The Alliance is still forming. Yeah. Which begs the question is like, okay, we saw, I'm wondering what the time frame is in years in between the end of episode three and this. What is episode three? Come on. It's the story's out there. You got to acknowledge it. I I know. I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to guess it's roughly 20 years because that's about how old Luke was. And then spoiler alert, Rogue One takes place like the day yeah. before <laughs> A New Hope. Yeah. It's... <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Um, what? Another thing. Okay. A lot of scenes from the trailers didn't make the film. Really? I, is, I, see, you know me. Not, I, I, yeah, I did yeah. the media shutdown thing. But no, I, this is all stuff you would have seen. Okay. The, and this is not uncommon every once in a while for when you see a trailer and there's a particular scene that sticks out and then it oh, ends up Oh, you know what, what I'm thinking of right now? Three key scenes from trailers were not in the film. Um, Jin on the walkway and the TIE, the fighter, tie fighter pops yeah, up. With the TIE Fighter, yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't not, yeah, uh, not pop movie. up. Uh, Director Krennic. Yes. On the beach, walking through the water with yeah. the Yeah. Not in the film. And the big scene... This is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. Yeah, that wasn't in there either. Not in the film. Interesting. So, and by no means does do any of these absences detract. Not at all. From the film. I forgot about them, so. I just thought it was interesting that, like, especially the I rebel, because that was like the. Can we, so do you think that has anything to do with the reshoots? Or, probably. And do you think it matters? No. For all it, the controversy about those reshoots, do you think re, the movie suffered? Reshoots, not all. Reshoots are part of normal. Production. I agree. I think they were. I think the the um, hubbubaloo about that was way overblown. Yeah, I think like the reason you heard about these reshoots is because the Suicide Squad reshoots, right, came almost immediately after principal production stopped, which is not the case with reshoots. They usually happen a couple months afterwards after editing. Right. And you find that you need this here or that there that you didn't get in the original shoot. That's when you do reshoots. Whereas apparently with Suicide Squad, it was coming in and they were like, oh, we, need to, <laughs> we need to lighten this up a bit. We need to do reshoots now. So I think that's why we heard about the Rogue One reshoots. Well, whatever they had to reshoot, I don't think it... it hey, Whatever they did, it worked because it's a great movie. Um, 
I thought there was a lot of clever things that happened in this movie. So, Krennic, for example. Krennic? Yes. Now, I, he's kind of forgettable. He's almost forgettable, in a way. But he's just this guy who's like in charge of he's assembling like the, the Death Star weapon. He's like the Luke Skywalker of the Empire. He's very whiny. I wouldn't say that, but he's got, you know, he's 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 got Donald Trumpisms, okay? Yeah. He's a little man who wants to feel really really important. Yeah. But in fairness, he did complete the weapon systems of the Death Star and he wants to be recognized by the Emperor yeah. uh for his efforts. And spoiler alert, obviously, uh Tarkin Graham off Tarkin CGI Peter Cushing is in this film a Not lot a, by yeah, the way more than he was in live Peter Cushing yeah. in the original Star Wars <laughs> we should someone should add up their seed time because I bet you're right I bet you're I, right I thought I suspected that there was going to be like maybe a scene here where they're like we saw in Ant-Man with the de-aged Michael Keaton yeah, like yeah, yeah. we saw in that god-awful Terminator reboot Michael Douglas yeah like we saw in that god-awful Terminator reboot with the de-aged Arnold Schwarzenegger okay I thought there would be a like a couple minutes here and there just to establish that you didn't think he was going to speak did you I didn't think he was going to have a role yeah he's in the movie he's, he's a like, major player yeah almost. and it's the technology is it's like you're it's not it, it was you, it was really seamless. good no it's not seamless but i think the reason that's not seamless is that your brain is telling you hey this person is dead i you know peter the, cushing is dead in real life so this is clearly a a, a cg effect yeah. on the screen i didn't think to ask uh ask jen if if what she thought about that because i don't think she knows peter cushing or that he's yeah that he's, so i That'd be interesting to see. i'm very curious but yeah I, dude He's like uh, he's he's got lines. He's got he's got a whole little subplot. He's like yeah. Krennic's villain. Exactly. The villain has a villain. Yeah. Tarkin wants to take the whole credit for the whole damn thing, and he yeah. does. By the way, and and Krennic is like he is putting on Krennic these security leaks that are getting out. Yeah. Of because the Death Star is a secret weapon. It's not from what I gathered to this. It's not known to the Senate. That the Death Star no, was being No, they had created. no idea. But that was established in episode four. We knew that. They, they, they yeah. didn't know about it until, you know, that's no moon. That's a space... You yeah. Know. <laughs> so, just having him there, and that was just the beginning. Kind of. little, little... He was like the biggest cog in the works of things they were put they were taking from Star Wars the original Star Wars and putting back in here the end battle oh dude that whole gold the, leader red leader they're the guys straight up they used footage from the original movie and they put not them in. only footage but they you know manipulated with like CG and stuff the guy the guy who plays red leader I know has passed away the guy who played gold leader is still alive so I'm sure he like voiced his lines and whatnot okay but they put him in there they took like 30 Did seconds you see Biggs dark later in there too yes yeah yeah they took 30 seconds to explain why luke skywalker was red five at the battle of yavin because red five died because red five apparently was an incompetent you know <laughs> he went splat yeah he went splat pretty quickly um was i the only one that when they showed the shield around the planet thing that thought of uh uh, uh space balls that's <laughs> carl wow. makes a face Oh, man. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. I think that's awesome. I th- that's To me, wow. that's hilariously awesome. Um, um, yeah, the... the um, what's his name with Walrus Man? 
walrus man. And the, uh, you know. Oh, uh, uh, you watch yourself. <laughs> We're wanted men. Yes. That seat shows up for like 30 seconds. I'll be honest with you. It just goes to establish. It, there are certain things that, that in films like this you see that clearly the film directors are doing just kind of like a nudge and a wink to the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These things are kind of that, but at the same time, they're interwoven in the threads of the story. I could have done without that appearance, to be honest with Why? you. Why? Because that whole city gets blown up and luckily they, they escaped, I guess. But that was a little, uh, that was they almost a bridge too to far. Ship. Fair enough. Some people, uh, a friend of mine actually said he didn't like the C-3PO R2-D2 cameo. And I was like, well, why? It makes sense that they would be there. Like, yeah. they're with Captain Antilles and, and, and uh, Bail Organa and they're yeah. on Yavin and they're formulating plans and yada yada. Um, I got a little emotional when I saw friggin' uh, 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 Leia. Yes. I knew they were, as soon as I saw Tarkin, I'm like, then there has to be a quick... Leia. Yeah. And just the way they did it. Oh, it's great. Like 30 seconds at the end of the film. What is this they that they delivered? Hope. And it was, yeah, CGI Carrie Fisher. <laughs> yeah, CGI de-aged Carrie Fisher. I'm sure it was like Carrie Fisher doing, I don't know, doing man. a single line. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was, I got, I got like chills. I was like, whoa, because it's so, I'm, again, I'm tied to this franchise back yeah. to childhood. So the way they set that up was just brilliant. And um, we haven't even gotten into the big mama jammy yet, so I'm, I want to put that off a little bit. So uh, the body count in this movie is high. Yes. But, okay, I want to say this about this movie because it's, been, it's been on my mind. These All the things that we're talking about with Tarkin and, and the Death Star and, and all that and the aesthetic. The aesthe- oh, God, the aesthetic is cool. This is the best looking Star Wars movie probably ever. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. It, it looks fantastic. Yeah. We've seen we get locations we've never seen in a Star Wars film before. So uh, this is what I want to talk about. So, in my opinion, my as I was watching the movie before any of the nostalgia fueled stuff happens, yeah. just watching the movie, probably an hour, a good hour in, even though it's a slow burn for that first hour. My thought was, this movie is the this movie is delivering on the promise of the original movie in a way that no no other Star Wars movie has. What I mean by that is that first original Star Wars movie was so new and so mind-blowing. Yeah. And as a kid, you 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 understand or you 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 know, you're reading the crawl that it's a it's a galaxy, it's this big epic sprawling yeah. place. And in this big giant epic in these movies, we get, you know, an ice planet and the forest planet, whatever. Yeah. But we we're centered on, you know, we're Three or four principal in the characters. Desert. Yeah, that too. But we're centered on a small group of people, and generally, you know, it feels a little small. But but you see in the original movies, you saw things that sparked your imagination and go like, well, "What? I wonder what that is over there. Yeah. I wonder what could be going on over there." This movie, Rogue One, delivers all that. You see new locations through different characters' eyes, like cities and and locales. In the Star Wars universe, like that are alive, and there's yeah. like you know they're, they're living places, like in the beginning with with Andor, whatever. Where where were they? He was on some mining colony or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. But it was like this. It was like a city. It was like a real place. Yeah. And there were stormtroopers in the streets, kind of walking around, you know, enforcing mm-hmm. curfew, and it, it felt real. It felt like a yeah. place. Um, Jedha, the the that place, it felt like a real. Like a place with history that that, that yeah. existed. 
Especially when you see the the statue, the fallen statue covered by the sand. Oh, dude, I'm glad you... Oh, oh, yes, yes, okay. That too. Okay, so th- like, again, it this movie like delivered the, my childhood imagination. It yeah. literally made it yeah. real. You know, in more so than any other Star Wars movie. I, I'm, I'm really blown away by that. Kyber crystals. That's a deep... Pull that for is. a for yeah. for a Star Wars like I know I know fans that are into like the TV shows or the the books and the comics and all that maybe you know they they shrug off that mention that's never been mentioned they they've never said that in a Star Wars film before Kyber yeah. crystals dude are you mm-hmm. kidding me that's what powers the lightsabers yeah and that's what powers the Death Star yeah that the was weapon a, that is yeah that was interesting to see um and. That, like, it turns out the Death Star laser is essentially just a big lightsaber. Kind of. Um, and this is pretty heavy. And I don't, I'm not a star, like, I love Star Wars, but my, my fandom basically extends to the films. I don't get too deep into expanded, what used to be the expanded universe. Yeah. I feel like if it's really, really important, it's, it's, it's going to be on the screen. Um, blind, blind guy and, and cable. <laughs> I forgot their names. <laughs> Daredevil already. and Cable. Daredevil and Cable. Uh, he says that they're guardians of the wills. Whoa. Yeah. Here's why that's a big deal, folks. The original, and I mean original, name of Star Wars. When George Lucas first wrote it on a cocktail napkin in 1974, or whatever the hell year it was, uh, it was called The Adventures of Luke Starkiller. As taken from the Journal of the Wills. That was the title. The Journal of the Wills is like this mysterious. If you want to, if you want to, you know, embrace Star Wars history, as it were, you could almost think of the whole saga as being relayed to someone. Like I'm telling you a story from this Journal of the whatever. So it's got a lot of that word has a lot of history. Yeah, that's and they threw it in the movie. That's very reminiscent of. Lord of the Rings, in which the Lord of the Rings tale is being told, in a lot of ways, is being told by Bilbo or and Frodo as they're writing it down in like a historical accounting of what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's called to the uh, to there and back again. Okay. Um, so that's I mean, Star Wars is my all time favorite film. But and I love it, and I will argue its merits. One thing I will I can't really argue is that it's original, because it's no, really it's, just like a, a cobbling together of these different, you know, film lores that Lucas grew up loving, like you know the the traditional hero's journey, the old wizard, like even like even like golden age Hollywood stuff. You look at the Cantina and Moss Eisley, mm-hmm. that's Rick's in Casablanca. It's that's like it's exactly like a this place where shadowy figures kind of gather sure, and sure, whatnot sure. and and so yeah love Star Wars it's not original so I can see where a but lot but of it all comes together from. though it does he puts it together very but thankfully very well George George is no longer involved so I'm happy about uh, this I still give the man credit for he he, he with the help if, of a lot of people that don't get credit for George Lucas we would not have Star Wars I'll I'll concede that. Yeah. But a lot of other people and had hands not, on. We would not have a lot too. of the 
film going experiences that we get to have because a lot of things you can't take you can take a lot of stuff away from George as it pertains to Star Wars. A lot of stuff you can't take away from George is contributions to film technology. No, no, he he pushed the as envelope far for as sure. Like the viewing experience. Yep. Yep, and special effects and uh, and all that. He, no, I'm he, talking about like the the screens and sound. Oh in yeah, theaters. sound especially. He yeah. he revolutionized for sure. I, Can, I will not take that away from the man. That that mentions something that reminds me of something. Yeah, and something I also noticed when we watched Doctor Strange. Okay. Did you know the screen was like dim? Yes, and like the picture wasn't as clear as it slightly could out of be. focus on the left side at my theater. Yeah. That aggravates the hell because they're not shooting. They're not projecting film. They're projecting a digital. But it's still, it's still a projection. Here's why it is, and this is what pisses me off. The having worked at a movie theater and yeah. in a projection booth, the bulbs that power these projectors are extremely expensive. Like I think just under a thousand dollars a bulb. So are they cheaping out on the bulbs? They're not projecting at the full capacity they could be. That's a shame, and that pisses me off. As Didn't we were piss talking me off about as much when I got free films, sure. now that I got paid for the stuff, it pisses me off a little bit. As we talked about sound, can we talk about the score? Yeah, this s- movie had a better score than the Force Awakens did. Mm, disagree. Oh, disagree. I don't because I've I've purchased the Force Awakens soundtrack and listened to it numerous times, and then watched it again after. I would probably have to do that. the The score. I found myself listening for the score in this film that I do and more so than I do in a lot of our films only because this is the first Star Wars film not to be scored by John Williams. Yeah, it's just Michael Giancchino. So it's not that the it's not that the score was bad. It's just that like it was it didn't feel like traditional star wars to me but at the same time the movie's kinda, not traditional star yeah wars. at the same time i'm kind of okay with that because it's something new so it took me a little while to to kind of warm up to it okay i guess ultimately what i mean by it when i say i think it's better it's i i remembered themes in the movie whereas the force awakens man i swear i don't recall a single song from that movie outside of the intro uh, like I just it was totally forgettable John Williams score in The Force Awakens whereas I think Rogue One's score has memorable memorable hooks and uh, very clever uses of familiar Star Wars music as well in in spots yeah you get a little march here and there yep. you get a little Star Wars fanfare here and mm-hmm. there but not overt and it was just and the original compositions I thought were really strong so that's that's that can, uh, can we discuss we, have, we still haven't talked about the big thing. I know we'll get there. We'll get there. I know we'll get. Can there. we discuss the genius way they explained, like the one of the biggest gripes of the original Star Wars film? Go on. In the weakness of the Death Star. Yes. And oh, how huge. They handled huge. That. Oh my god! Because it's always it, that's always been the joke. You build this like you see it in Robot Chicken, you see it in Family Guy, things like that. Well, you build this huge, gigantic space station, and yet there's this little hole that if you put something in, it's going to blow something up. Hang on, I, I before we, I, I hear you, uh, and this movie does a, a genius job of uh, dealing with that. But in fairness, thematically, thematically being the key word. That weakness never bothered me because the it didn't bother because, me either because I the love empire their their whole thing is ego is they are yeah they are so yeah. overconfident they they say in in uh 
in Star Wars, if I remember, the defenses are designed around a large scale assault. Right. That's why they're they not used- expecting you know single pilot fighters to, to be able to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, but still, that in pop culture, that has always been kind of a sure. joke with Star Wars, and they just explain it in such a great way. Jin's father saying, you know, yes, they could have finished this without me, but if I'm there and I make myself indispensable, I can make sure that there is a way to defeat this. Yes, and he did. He built in a weakness in the reactor that could be uh, destroyed through the the exhaust port. Yeah, you you detonate an explosion. It's going to, yeah, set the whole thing off. Thanks. Thanks, Mr. Urso. Thanks, Dad. Uh, yeah, so Mads Mikkelsen is responsible for uh, intentionally defecting the Death Star yes. so that it could be destroyed. And again, another he's always good. Always a good actor. W- whatever he does, he's he's always good. And he was really great in this. He was great in Doctor Strange. Yeah. It's like, what a year for you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> in two months, you joined two of the biggest film franchises in history. Oh, and let's not forget that, uh, you know, his best work is yet to come in that Hideo Kojima video. Stop. Stop. This is a day of of joyous. I kid. Um, No, that was cool. That was very clever. Um, The death troopers were kind of cool. Yeah, the Um, way they vocalized was interesting. Yeah, those words? Um, I heard like some kind of weird other language. Just kind of gargled, I think. Uh, Stormtroopers being just... Cannon fodder. (laughs) Yeah. I feel bad for the stormtroopers. They got a tough film. gig, man. <laughs> because they were never, they were never threatening. No, they weren't. The you death were, troopers kind of were. The death troopers were threat- threatening because you know they're all in black. Well, that and they were. And they seemed to be more they accurate to be shots, precise, too. Yeah, and the the scarif troopers were cool looking and seemed to be a little more proficient. But your standard stormtroopers, are yeah, still just. T- I felt so bad. Well, you know. The Empire's taking whatever they can get, basically. They just it, they just want bodies. That's all it is. Yeah. Again, it's all about ego and power and size. Well, if you go I I know you hate to do is if you if you go back to the, the prequels yeah. and you try take to. the theory from multiplicity, where if you make a clone of a clone. Oh, I don't think no, I yeah, I no, I, I hear what you're saying, but by the original trilogy they're not I'm clones shot, anymore. Shoot a wampa, Steve. Yeah, they're <laughs> they weren't clones anymore by that point. Yeah, I know, they they were I know. conscript they were conscripted yeah. soldiers. Um the Empire. Dude, here's the thing. And I'll make this point again. You didn't like the Empire in this movie. I'm not saying you personally. I'm saying, oh. like, as a viewer, you the Empire were villains. Yeah, well, they're supposed to be. Did not like. They're supposed to be the villains. But can I just say, man, and this is not a... I've said this for years, and it's a point that gets brought up a lot, and it, and it should get brought up. There's a reason why the original movies are in all the merchandising, in, in all of our pop cultural... Uh, lexicon okay the reason why tie fighters and the millennium falcon and all that stuff that imagery uh purveys and nothing from the prequels is of that level at all nothing from the prequels yeah, is is, is, I mean, is the iconic stuff i should is still say around but it's, but it's of, not it's iconic phasing back to original trilogy stuff because that's put it this way all the right merchandise now. you ever see out there is of original yeah. trilogy stuff because it's like it just is iconic nothing from the prequels was nearly that at all so when I look at this movie, dude, oh, the Imperial uniforms yep. and the Death Star, the, the the way it looks, just the aesthetic of it. Oh, my God. It's so, so great. It's great. It, it feels it's familiar, but it's fresh. Yeah. 
I can't describe what I'm trying to say really, but it just it just feels right. It looks cool. It just looks super cool. Yeah, uh, like those guys in the big dome helmets and the, when they're firing the Death yep. Star weapon, that's awesome. They're, I don't the helmets that are like look really cool on top of it, the bottom makes them look like they got an underbite. Yeah, it's so underbite. cool. <laughs> it just looks cool. Oh, great stuff, man. Um, K2SO was fun. He was great. Fun he droid. Little, he's got, he's got, I mean, you know, he was clearly there for the comic relief, but it worked. Yeah. He wasn't overly uh, silly. He wasn't Jar Jar, that's for sure. No. Uh, well, he's, you know, you get Alan Tudyk, you get good people. Yeah. Um, he's kind of like the Batista of the movie in a way. <laughs> he, he doesn't see sarcasm. He says whatever he wants at the moment. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, let's see. I don't want to forget anything because it's so good. Yeah. Just the, the sense, like Force Awakens brought me back a little bit to that time of childhood yeah when the world was much less scary much less complicated and, and force awakens did a really good job of that force but awakens there was set still, things right yeah there was still a little bit missing because it was all new okay this fully brought me back to that time okay because it was revisiting that time in the story it's it's fully the classic trilogy storytelling aesthetics feel like the the battle at the end uh just and it was it really brought me back to um time spent with my father mm. uh playing with toys I've seen pictures of these toys. <laughs> But uh, but that was something that I was very appreciative of the film for doing. It, it rekindled some memories that I had not thought of in a very long, hmm. long time. I uh, I I think it, uh, it, it there's a there is a slight danger in this movie of preying on nostalgia too much. But the thing is, it's handled in such a way where it's a new story and new characters, yeah. and it flirts with stuff you know. But it doesn't, you know, it doesn't get too bogged down yeah. in, hey, not not for nothing, but remember Chewbacca? Remember <laughs> yeah. Reagan? Uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't go yeah, it's too like the far that from way. the previous films that show up, it makes sense for them to show up. Absolutely. Absolutely makes sense. They, they should, the ones that are there should be there. It wasn't uh, Chewbacca in episode three or whatever, because... Yoda, of course, knew. Of course, Yoda knew Chewbacca. <laughs> George, buddy. Uh, anyway, Tarkin makes Tarkin has to be there. It's yeah. about the Death Star. Yeah, Tarkin has to be there. And by extension, I guess now might be a good time. Yeah, let's let's dive into let's this. Get to it. By extension, if you're going to have Tarkin there, you're going to have to have uh, his his his. I don't want to call him his lackey, but his 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 right hand man, yeah. Darth Vader, has kind of had to be there. Let's let's talk about Darth, who apparently lives in Mordor. Dude, we saw Darth's house. <laughs> and by house, I mean castle. I'm I'm guessing they didn't do like throughout the the film. Whenever they would travel to a new planet, they would show up on screen. Yes. What the plan was? They didn't do that for that, did they? Or no. Did I just miss it? I'm assuming. No. I'm assuming it's Mustafar. I'm assuming it's Mustafar. And if you're Darth Vader, isn't that kind of weird? Like a little bit. I got my heads. My, I got my yeah. legs and arms cut off here, but I'm it, gonna live here now. It just like when he went there. When 
a Darth Vader got out of his milk bath. Okay, can we talk about that real quick? Hold on a second. Right up until the moment Darth Vader started speaking, I was like, is this where the movie's going to misstep? Okay. As soon as Darth Vader started speaking, I was like, nope, I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. James, James Earl Jones, the dulcet tones. Yeah, yeah. Um, got a little bit of force choke. I'm I'm good. We saw in more than one way a different Darth Vader than we've ever seen before yes. in this movie. Yes. It, it, and and okay. And, so in in more than one way, what I mean is we get at the end. We'll get to, oh. which, which we'll get to. Which we'll <laughs> we, get to. We get Darth Vader unleashed. We get the Vader that we we not for nothing. We get the Vader we were promised in the trill in the prequels and never got. The Vader that is terrifying, yeah. the the Vader that supposedly killed all the Jedi himself, that Vader. Yeah. We got that Vader at the end. Yep. But we also got this other vulnerable, vulnerable, uh, yeah, it was, like real Vader, like out, out of the suit in the I, back of the tank. Yeah. Like that was so weird, dude. And it was like, it was like, I know, never thought about that before. Is that wound care covered on your, your insurance, sir? <laughs> I just, I guess, because you, you got to figure the extent of those wounds is going to con- require constant I, care. And you maintenance. know, I guess I just it, in the original movies, like he had his little chamber and empire, but I yeah. figured like that was a temporary little setup, and he had his helmet off. The he, way, yeah, the way that's always that chamber and empire has always been described is it's like especially pressurized, yeah. so that he can live in it outside of his helmet, right? But I never really thought like, does he ever, does he ever take off the his, suit? I, I never yeah. thought. Apparently he does, and he yeah. and he's the he's in the back the tank thing like that Luke was in when he got all jacked up by the Wampa, uh, only on a much bigger scale. Yeah, but wow, I did not expect to see that, and I and and I got a little scared. I got a little scared when they showed him in there. I was like, oh god, is it going to be Hayden Christensen? <laughs> Am I going to have don't, to get mad at this movie? I don't want to get mad at this movie because I'm enjoying it. Don't blame Hayden Christensen for George Lucas's sense. Fair enough, but I got a little... I've seen other things Hayden Christensen has been in. Dude's a good actor. All right. I got a little nervous, but they didn't go there, thank God. Yeah. So it's okay. But that was so weird. Yeah. I I was really... I was kind of taken aback by that, that they that they went there. Showed Vader like in his natural state, if you will. Exactly. And the conversation between him and Krennic. Uh, Krennic. Just it was it was Vader. It was our classic trilogy Vader. Yeah. With red eyes. Um uh, yeah, the different color lenses. Yep. Yeah. Um it I I enjoy I love that he was in the film. I love more that he was not the main villain of No, the no, film. no. He was just there. And, like, he made two appearances, especially, like, his appearance at the end. Like, holy cow, like, when you think, okay, the battle's over, the Rebels are going to get to escape. Yeah, some of them (laughs) do, but then Vader shows up and just, no. Yeah. So, think back now, kids, to A New Hope, Uh, the opening scene with the uh, Tantive 4, 5, whatever it's called. 4, Tantive 4, escaping, running from uh, a Star Destroyer on on route to uh, Tatooine. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, think of Vader strutting in. What's he looking for? He's looking for Death Star plan. Or, yeah. What happened to those plans? What happened to those transmissions you intercepted? Well, we see how he knows that. Yeah, because the transmissions came from Scarif to not Admiral Akbar's ship, 
admiral whatever his name yeah, was yeah i w- we we can after your after we do okay. vader we can discuss the absence of admiral Ackerman. okay okay uh from there to the tantive yeah which which was like in admiral not akbar ship yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah yeah uh, and he uh just like when he shows up and he turns that lightsaber on oh my god dude so it, there, so the, so it it's to not, frame it, folks. You, it is you not saw the, movie, the hopefully. lumbering no. Frankenstein-like no. Vader we had in the classic trilogy. Um, which, granted, when you look at you know where Western fight choreography was, it's changed a lot. It's changed a lot to where it is now. Yeah, and yeah. some people might say there's some continuity errors if you want to look at it that way as a result of this scene, but I don't care. Vader lights up that lightsaber and proceeds to tear through a rebel ship, cutting down dudes by the dozen, yeah. like like just hacking them, force throwing them around, force choking, force slamming. It's Vader unleashed. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's great. It's yeah. It's pretty great. It was so awesome. Um, was, like I said, the Vader I was promised. As yeah. a child, uh, on the screen, and he sees Can, the, he sees them get the plans, put it on the he, and the Tantive takes off in the, into light speed. So the implication is, within a day or however long, yeah, Vader saw it go. He's on the hunt. Yeah, cut to episode four. Like, like that Death Star that Vader showed up in is the Death Star from episode four that is shooting at that Corellian Corvette. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Speaking of which, speaking of the Corvette real quick, how cool was that scene? When they take out the Star Destroyer with the Ion Cannon, by the way. Continuity, folks. Yeah. Remember in Empire when yeah, they do yeah. that? So they take out the Star Destroyer with the Ion Cannon, and they use the Corvette, the, the, one other, another blockade runner, to push the disabled Star Destroyer was, into another cool. one. That was pretty sweet. That was pretty awesome. Now, again, knowing your, your disdain for the, the prequels, I did enjoy having Jimmy Smith's back. Um... Yes, and that that quick exchange. Likewise, pains me to and, say that him and Mon Mothma. Yeah, setting up the message that Leia will eventually bring to Obi Wan. So uh, let me get this straight. Then, Bail Organa, it was his idea to bring in Obi Wan. Yes, he tells Leia to do it. So she gets the plans. And her mission, though, was to get the plans back to Yavin or Alderaan. But first, she's going to go pick up Obi-Wan directly. I think plans probably changed. Once they tried to bail? Once the battle happened. Okay. Okay. Because that probably put, you know, I'm guessing that once the the Corvette escaped, the Tanev 4 escaped, their mission was to get the plans back to Yavin. Right. But the Star Destroyer giving pursuit is going to overtake it relatively quickly. So they, at that point, she changes her plan. She realizes they're by Tatooine and gives R2 the message and the plans. Okay. All right. So. Yeah. So we got, uh, yeah, I think uh, Jimmy Smith says Bail Organa. Uh, yes, it ties into the prequels, unfortunately. I, see in my in my mind, I, I like to ignore the prequels as much as I, I can, and I think Disney does too. To be honest with you, so having him there is a direct link. 
but he kind of re- he kind of redeems it in a way because he doesn't he he's, he's good. Jimmy Smith is good. I like yeah. Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith is great. And he has uh, more to do this time than he did besides yeah. just standing around like a dummy in the prequels. Yeah. Um. I don't I don't have the fervent hatred for the prequels. You should. You really should. I, it feels good. I think the story of the prequels is okay. I just think the way the story was assembled was terrible. You know what's ironic about this now? Technically, Rogue One is a prequel. So when we say the prequels, we we, we kind of know what we're talking about and what we're not talking about. <laughs> we can say the Lucas prequels. Yeah, sure. That'll work. Um, um, yeah, no Admiral Akbar, which is kind of a disappointment. But we got a different Admiral. Yeah. A and different Mon Calamari. They're probably just saying, like, you know, obviously that Mon, Cal- Mon Calamari ain't going to live too long once Vader gets his hand on him. Vader's having fish that night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that probably sets up Admiral Akbar to be promoted to Admiral. Sure. There, there, there was an opening. Yeah. Um, I, it was interesting to see, like you said uh, earlier, that the, the rebels are not quite fully aligned. Like no saw Guerrera right yeah the rebels and him kind of not yeah on the same he's page too extreme yeah he's he's taking because when you look at like the rebels also need to you know gain favorable public opinion right so that they can gain support yes apparently saw doesn't care about that nope. he's just gonna do whatever yep as we see on Jetta he when he's just like yeah they're, they're gonna fight in the streets and they're gonna she's gonna blow up stormtroopers and he's gonna attack and he doesn't care yeah. And I think this is the because I think if you if I remember correctly in the the crawl to to episode four, uh, it says rebels have won their first major battle. Yeah. So I think this is again this is the first like up until this point the alliance the rebel alliance has just been like little skirmishes here and there. Yep. Yep. Things like that, more of an annoyance to the empire than a legitimate threat. Right. Now they're a threat. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's not. this movie does a lot. It does a lot of work to kind of frame everything you know about Star Wars in a way. This movie enhances oh the total, original trilogy yeah. so much. It really does. It puts so much perspective on things. It's it's yeah. Really, now there's like more legitimate weight on what R two is carrying. Yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, did you notice the um, the General Dadanma? I think, uh, think of guy with the beard. Yeah, yeah, beard, beige, lab coat, yeah, yeah. whatnot. Yeah, he was in that team. It was cool. He, the guy, the guy, he calls her Princess Leah. That guy, yeah, jerk. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, uh, it's 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 cool. It's super cool. It it really is refreshing, and it, it puts a whole new spin on Star Wars. Yes, it really does, and it's so impressive that they that they managed to pull it off. Um, am I the only one that? We'll probably now have a new phrase every now and again when I'm in trouble or I am one with the force and the force is with me. <laughs> I am one with the force and the force is with me. Dude, that guy, I got to tell you, blind, blind guy. Star Wars Daredevil. Star Wars Daredevil. He, if there's one thing that really irked me, a lot of things irked me about the prequels. Okay, a lot of things. But one thing that really bu- like bummed me out more than anything is that George Lucas was too dense to understand, you know... <laughs> That Obi-Wan wore robes on Tatooine, probably because everybody wore robes on Tatooine. It was just part of the style of dress there. But no, no, no. We're going to translate that as, into all Jedis dressed just like that forever. That's, what, that's, that's their uniform. That bothered me so much because it made the Jedis way less interesting. He made them so stupid and monotone. In the original trilogy, you had on the one hand Obi-Wan. 
Yeah. Wise old wizard or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you also had Yoda, who was different. They were different personality types entirely. Still wore robes. And they had mm, old and ratty, though. And again, I didn't. I didn't. Well, he's, he's been in exile on Dagobah. They're not known for their garment district. Right, right, right. But I didn't assume that he wore the robe because he was a Jedi. I assume that's just what he wore on this ratty planet. So, again, he, he, we had to codify these things, which I think is silly. Um, so getting coming around, what I, what I mean to say is I don't like how the Jedi have become like this. I don't like how they've been kind of portrayed now as robed, stoic dorks. In the prequels, I imagined Jedi masters, people who are force sensitive Jedi guys, more, to be more like Star Wars Daredevil, that guy. And he's, he wasn't a Jedi, which he was quick to say that yeah. he's not a Jedi. But I, I used to think the Jedi were all unique guys that just happened to know how to use the force. And my imagination as a kid watching Star Wars, that's what I thought. That there were these, they didn't have to all wear the same clothes and have the same boring ideals. They were all different people who used the force in their own way, and that's what they were. And this guy was kind of like, he was like what the Jedi Master I wanted to be in the movie. Yeah, I mean, I never, I didn't go that path with the Jedi when I was a kid. I kind of figured more along the line of what, because they established in, in New Hope that Jedi was a religion. So with religion, there's going to be certain like, for lack of a better term, uniform policies, not like yeah, fi- not yeah, like yeah. physical uniform, but like certain beliefs that, you know, in, in a lot of ways, like Roman Catholic priests. They, sure. No, I get that. There's some variation and there was some variation throughout the prequel movies, not a ton in the dress, um, but it, think of it along the lines of that. But I understand what you're saying, too. I like how both in Force Awakens with Maz right. and in Rogue One with with uh, Star Wars Daredevil, yeah, we've seen that there are characters who know the Force yes. and are sensitive to the Force who are not necessarily Jedi. Right. I like that. That's yeah. that, to me. That's cool. Yeah. Everybody. I'm, that's... I'm fine with that. With that too. I was. I was. I did not mind the portrayal of the Jedi in the prequel trilogy. I know a lot of people had a problem with the fact that they were apparently killed off too easy. Yes, they were. I think that's because a lot of people built up. They were never described as all powerful warriors in the at any point in the original trilogy they were simply described as peacekeepers yeah but they got punked by stormtroopers who are not exactly the most you know adept as we as we know (laughs) and and again i think the other thing with the prequels we were disappointed because we were told we were told that vader helped hunt them down and kill them and he really didn't do that at all Kinda. Exactly. See the fact yeah. that you have to say it like that. Yeah. They, no, they, I get. No, had one, I, that's a valid. You had point. one job, George. Yeah. You had one job. No, that's a, that's a valid point. Uh, but but again, we get that we get to see Vader in action this time, so yes. it's okay. Not wow. killing Jedi, but we get to see him in action. Is it is it wrong of me to hope for a Darth Vader standalone movie after this? It's it is wrong, but I but it's okay. Can we, can we hurry up and get that done before we lose James Earl Jones? I don't know how. Uh, it, can you make a movie about a villain like that? They made a comic book series about a villain like that. It was a good series too. But, uh, well, they had to frame it a certain way, though. Like, Vader is the, the, the main character, but he's still doing nefarious things for a more nefarious boss. Yeah. Yeah, dude, Rogue One was sweet. I don't know what else to say, man. Yeah. I want to watch episode four today. I know, right? I want to watch New Hope again. Uh, we, we can. I have it. <laughs> I have the blue, uh, uh, the DVD um, of the OG, by the way. So no no special edition Han, Han nonsense. Uh, 
it's I want to watch Rogue One again. I I oh, I, yeah, well, zero, I have yeah. to see this movie again. Yeah. Uh, it's so it's just very cool, very very cool. I can't believe I I almost can't believe Disney signed off on it. Yeah, because it's it's dark. It's dark, man. It's it's dark. It's none of the main characters live. Nope. Um, there's yeah, there's a body count. Uh, it's not there's not a lot of quippy dialogue. It's pretty serious. Yeah. It's a war movie. Yeah. Literally. Ah, I like talking about Star Wars in the positive way again. <laughs> Thank you, Disney, for it's doing this. It's been, been a long time. No, it's been a year, but been but, but it's been a good year. To, to, it just, yeah, it just yeah, feels good. Yeah. I mean, 2016 has been a really... Lucas is with us, and he's dreaming about Star Wars right now because he's <laughs> twitching all over the place. Oh, my God, look at him. Um, it's been a really rough year in a lot of aspects of life. Um. BT dubs, if you are a celebrity or of anyone of historical significance, <laughs> just lock yourself in your house with a doctor <laughs> for the remainder of the month. Yeah. Don't take tough, any man. chances. It's been tough. Because, you know, death is going to want to go out with a bang. <sighs> but as far as, like, uh, pop culture stuff, things that have come out this year, it's been a really good friggin' year. Yeah. Yeah, it's been good, man. Been good to me for anyway. I've uh, you know new Metallica record and and, and new Street Star Fighter, Wars and new Star Wars, more Marvel. Cool stuff has happened, man. And yeah, Luke Cage, Luke Cage, Daredevil, Daredevil season, season two. two. Yeah. yeah, my son. Oh yeah, that that yeah. happened. <laughs> <laughs> he he was born the week Daredevil season two came out. Because I remember Julie and I were in the hospital watching the first two episodes. Yeah, in her, when she all was right. In her hospital bed. So yeah, uh, Star Wars Rogue One, go see it. Yes. And then go see it again. I hope you have already seen it after listening to us spoil it for you. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, I also liked, before one last parting shot, I guess I liked also that uh, much in the tradition of A New Hope, we didn't see the Emperor. No. Heard about I him, was, didn't see him. I was kind of surprised that. I thought, because you know, Ian McDermott's still, still alive and kicking. Yeah. Probably doesn't need as much makeup now. <laughs> oh, oh. So, you cheeky monkey, you. All righty. I, I think that brings our Star Wars holiday special to a close. Well, hang on. Oh, okay. what? What we got? Seeing as we are recording before the holiday next week. Yes. Should we do a very special Star Wars holiday special episode next week where we actually no. watch no. the Star Wars holiday no. special? No. no. Come on. No, no, no. No. Don't make me go Tracy Morgan on you. No. 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 We but hell no. No. We could do a live commentary track. No. God no. <laughs> there's like listen, there's like bad that you can make fun of yeah. and have a good time with. Trial, like trial, trial of the Incredible, Incredible Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. You know, you can have a good time with that. Star Wars holiday special, sir, is just so soul suckingly bad it is it really is that like the first 45 minutes is just wookies yeah talking yeah and and, that, and there's no subtitles nope it's surreal it's it's a thing it's horrible yeah it really is so no we're not going to do that next week but okay no all right do, all right no, no all right no all right, all right do you want right, to lose all right all, right. all of our listeners no I value the listeners, but I think they might value us making fun of the Star Wars holiday special. There's only so far I'm willing to suffer for this show. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. All right, folks. 
that's that's going to wrap up our Star Wars holiday special. We appreciate you joining us again. If you would like to contact us, ask us any questions, share your Rogue One stories, share your Star Wars memories, give us any suggestions for the show, you can reach us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website, the Devil's Do Podcast.com, for all these resources. Boom. Any, any last thoughts, Drew? No, man. Uh, Star Wars. All right. It's, it's back in a good way, and I'm happy about it. So Happy holidays, everybody. Be one with the Force. The Force is with you. Yes. And may the Force be with you all.